Welcome back to Cantina MX Football Podcast. We're back from a little break now that Liga MX is returning on Friday. We're live on Twitter Spaces and simultaneously on YouTube. So send in your chat requests, send in your speak requests. We're here for you guys. Going to talk about this upcoming season, the moves, the signings. And the expectations, but before I go any further, let me welcome Joel to the podcast. Joel, how we doing? I'm excited for this um, this upcoming season, which will be a short season, entre comillas, entre comillas, since it's a World Cup year, uh, and the World Cup will be in what December, November, so. We'll be looking at a lot of doble jornadas, fecha dobles. That is an astute observation, my friend. I had totally not. You forgot that. I had not even considered that. Um, is that why the season is starting so so early? Yes, sir. That's why it's it's uh, yeah, and for a lot of players, this is you know. It's crunch time to see if they could get into Tata's good graces um, or hope someone gets injured and they can, you know, slide in to that national team. Um, so it should be interesting because uh, I do expect a lot of players to, you know, play with fire in their ass. <clears throat> this is the the big tournament. This is where players try to earn a last-minute spot there on the roster, which has now been confirmed. It's going to expand to 26 spots. So quite an incentive for anyone playing within Mexico to just to go in, you know, to go in and, and try to get in and, and convince Tata that, hey, I deserve to be in the World Cup. Uh, Mexico is struggling for goal scorers. So if someone starts lighting it up on Liga Mekis, it's going to be hard to ignore going into the World Cup in November. Yes. yes, sir. And uh just briefly Mex did announce some of their um games that they will be playing. Um what is it? September Jaime? I know they play Peru and Ecuador. Uh I don't have the dates, but they are gonna be playing two sort of uh matches, uh, uh despedida matches. One will be in the Rose Bowl. And the other one will be up here on San Jose at Levi's. Yeah, I had um, I had the, I had the thing that they sent to announce it, and then I, I didn't save it, but I'll definitely be at the Rose Bowl game. Yeah. Uh. So, so Tuesday, September twenty seventh, uh, will be against Colombia. Wait, hold on. Am I looking at this right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So September 27th, Colombia, Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. And then on Saturday at the Rose Bowl against Peru. Oh, you're going to both games? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, probably, if I'm being honest. I know I could do the Rose Bowl. The other one I have to check. I have to clear my schedule. Um, but I'm good with one, though. I'm getting old, Jaime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Sorry, they uh they just changed up this Twitter Spaces uh interface. So I just saw your request to speak, Al Pastor. How are we doing? Oh, I'm doing well, guys. Hope you're doing well. Also, now I just want to say that they also play uh, Sweden on the 16th of November in Spain. Spain. Hopefully, uh, Orbelin can get in. Can get in a few minutes. Wait, did you say uh, Sweden? Play Sweden and uh, oh, wow. Spain and Girona, Spain, 16th of November. It's like uh, the team that beat you. You know, you gotta you gotta go back and face them. Yeah, well, good good matchup. A good, it should be a good matchup. Um, but yeah, we already had uh, the game to kick off the the Liga, which was Cruz Azul Atlas for the Copa de Campeones. Although I think Atlas didn't need to play that game since they're. They're um, back-to-back champions. I think the cup was held anyways, and uh, Cruz Azul won it in penalty kicks. They won another title for Cruz Azul. It's been a weird couple of years, man. I mean, you've had Cruz Azul finally break the streak. Now you have Atlas winning back-to-back championships. It's. I feel like things have gotten worse ever since uh, Cruz Azul became champions. Wait, worse? <laughs> Yeah, the world has gotten worse, man. Oh, the world. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, do you think Atlas can be the first team in uh, the short season to be three-time, they could three-peat? Oh, man. If they go for a three, I don't know. It's a short no, season. No, it's not going to happen. Uh, the brother <laughs> that's the... He's gone. Yeah, he's stepping down. So you knew they said, all right, people are getting way suspicious. Nos pasamos de Chile. Let's just just say two is good. Two is good. Well, I'm going to say that they're still going to be candidates. Uh, They got some really good players. Furch, he's he's one of those players that he's been in the league a while, and he's always been like, when he's on fire, man, he's, he's... He's very prolific, and Quinones, man, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite players to watch. And I, I could see him leaving to Spain soon. And I say that because uh, Ira Ragorri just became majority shareholder of uh, Sporting Gijón. Oh, really? In Spain's second division. So he did talk about wanting to have a, a team in Europe. So he has it now. Um, I think it was last year, November. He almost, he almost uh, got Zaragoza, but the deals, the deal broke, you know, that the team owed too much money and they just couldn't, they just couldn't um, come to an agreement, but he's in Spain right now. I believe he's still over there. I don't know if he, he flew back already, but he's he's majority shareholder, so I think he's the president too now. Not just a member, he's also the president. Um, but And they're in second division. I do think he could get that club promoted. I don't think uh, I don't think he's going to have them competing against 
Real for, you know, the way he's very, you know, he's been very successful with Santos and and uh, Atlas and just how they're pretty much fighting for a championship every other year. But I, I think a whole different ball game in, in La Liga. But I, I do think he has a, an ace up his sleeve. But I, I want to hear you guys' general thoughts on this first. Well, no, that just that just answered my question uh, or uh, our question about uh, whether they're going to three-peat or not, right? So maybe they'll be contenders, man. But but the three three's a, a complicated task, man. They they pulled off a good one with the with the uh, back-to-back, but it ain't going to happen. Three, well, I'm just saying, you know, the the doble jornada might, you know, I think they might benefit some teams. Uh, we'll see, especially the younger teams. I don't know how old that team is. I have a uh, lot of questions because I know how quickly will Mexico quarantine their their players for the national team? You know, going into the World Cup, we've seen it in the past where they they basically pulled everybody from their teams like a month before the tournament started. So I don't know if they're gonna have like a a very long concentration camp or a training camp leading up to the World Cup and. You know, teams hey, that what? teams that start off strong might be disassembled quite quickly when it comes to did the that, playoffs. Did that happen with others aside from La Volpe, where they got uh, an extended camp beforehand? The one in South Africa was the worst one. That's the Vasco, right? Yeah, that was when like they pulled these dudes like a month before the tournament started, and like they were all just cooped up in the hotel. Like they caught. Um, called them all smoking a cigarette and it was <laughs> it was just like too much you know like you know how boxers like they overtrain for a fight it was just too much it was it was way too much i don't think they'll do it i don't think it's in tata's personality to want to be with the players that long he's probably like we've been that's the reason i'm not calling you guys up because we have like our system he's probably gonna just do the traditional two three weeks and that's it oh Keep in mind, you know, we're the World Cup is going to be hosted in the Middle East for the first time ever, and there's a lot of uh, adjustment and customs that you kind of have to, um, well, you have to learn, you know. So I'm sure there's going to be like a a break-in period for everybody, for fans, for players, for everyone that's traveling into Qatar. It's going to be quite a learning curve. From my understanding, you're not allowed to, like, show skin <laughs> Uh, or have sex if you're not married, <laughs> or drink alcohol. But Leandro Joel, you can't wear your half shirts out there if you went, man. My half shirts. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are seeing this World Cup like as a stepping stone for like 2026, especially on the Mexico end, since we don't have like many high hopes for La Selección. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to say that I'm a degenerate, but. It seems like they're taking away all the things that the World Cup's known for, which is like being like a Western society big party. And, you know, for like even like guys not being allowed to wear shorts, it's like, come on now. Like it's it's your culture. Respect it. But it also kind of goes against what of 90 percent of the people that are there uh, do back home. Yeah, it's it's uh, I heard it's been difficult to get like hotels and rooms and whatnot. So I, I know it's it's very expensive for 
a lot of the people planning to go and even usually people that would organize like party groups or just groups, travel groups where you could get discounts through airfare and, and hotels because you're like, you know, we're booking 20 people. I don't think that's the case. And, and I know some people have been having a difficult time just because of, of where it's at, you know, and restrictions and whatnot that they have. I'm just wondering, like, I know in Brazil, they kind of had to, like, bend backwards for one of the sponsors, which was Budweiser, because they hadn't sold beer inside the stadium. They had, like, banned it. Yeah, for violence in, in the league, in the Brazilian league. But then the World Cup came to Brazil, and Budweiser is one of the biggest sponsors, and they said, sorry, we're going to have to sell alcohol. Like, like fuck your rules, you know? So I'm pretty I'm pretty sure they had a different fan base there than the uh the local club the local club teams, right? So I'm just saying, like, if I'm a sponsor and I sell alcohol, like Heineken, Budweiser, or whatever, it's like Oh, well, yeah, it's not gonna fly well. <laughs> I don't know what's there. That's a good that's a good question about alcohol because I don't know if I don't know if in Qatar I know there's like certain countries where alcohol is not pro you know, it's not permitted. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if Qatar is one of those places. It's just like, uh, <laughs> I heard something that they were going to have designated like zones where you could only drink kind of like where, you know, you go to a club and there's like a smoking area. Designated even zones. Yeah. So I'm not sure if they're going to, going to have something like that going on. Cause you best believe, you know, people that are traveling, they're not going to want to stay sober. Like the fans, like part of the experience of going to World Cup is getting absolutely tossed. So, <laughs> oh yeah, everyone you see is pretty. So what, I, what I'm seeing here is that alcohol is available only at licensed hotel restaurants and bars. Oh, okay. But not like at the fan fest or walking in the street. No, well, basically but, no public intoxication. Yeah. Can you imagine the Mexican fan base? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be tame for once. Especially, no, especially if uh, Mexico's having a really tough time, man, with Poland or something. Do you guys remember that Mexican fans in France '98 that they were hammered and they were pissing and it's like a monument. It's like the the eternal flame or something like that. And they were trying to turn it off. <laughs> no, I didn't hear about that, but they were ex extinguishing the eternal flame. Not, not surprised. Just just say that. They, yeah. saw, they saw a fire, they tried to put it out. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mexican no. engineering. <laughs> All I know is uh, my my good friend went to Russia for the World Cup, and you know he said that that the town was just like a whole party city and how uh, you would go to a bar and get a beer and they would hand you a balloon and it was a whippet and they were just doing that like to all the fans they were just giving them a bunch of whippets and he also mentioned that there was like a lot of like uh like robots for like sex yeah it was weird man he was telling me some crazy what? stories robots for sex? yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah they did they did have just really quick a few years back 
they opened some brothels in Europe, which are like sex dolls. Damn, that's funny. So I don't know about the robot, but uh, I do know there was sex doll brothels. Yeah, yeah, that's what they were doing in Russia, like in Moscow and stuff. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you went to Germany, right? What was what was yeah, that one like? Same, dude. It was similar to how you guys uh, describe it. Uh, Jaime was saying how it's like you would be in the street before the game and it was just people partying and then after the game some people drinking to celebrate and others to forget. Um and it was just a massive wherever there was a game that that day was just massive. I didn't really get to party though. I I, I missed out. I was doing work for a newspaper, so I I was I'll stay in the stadium after the game and I'll be there for like three hours writing, and then come out late and too tired. <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah, I missed out on all the another debauchery. But you saw it in the train, so that's where I experienced it the most. Like if you saw the people taking the trains and that is the one thing of like in Germany is well connected with their train system, like the, the Metro and, and their other trains. So the people that would travel, like you would be in the cars and it was just like, it's just a party inside of that car, man. Yeah. Even out here in, in, in 94, uh, when, uh, over here at Stanford, they hosted some some group stage games, right? And you'd walk around uh, it's an area called the Uni- University Avenue, or or you go to the town called Los Gatos, and the Brazilian fans, man, were they lit they they lit up those towns, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they lit it up. Right? The, the 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 girlfriend I had at the time, uh, I asked her to go get me a Brazilian flag and. <laughs> she got some Brazilian dude to give it to her, so like a flag from the fan base. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were like just <laughs> just a regular flag to blend in. <laughs> just, <laughs> no, no, no. Get, you know, just get free drinks or whatnot. <laughs> no, I, was getting, I, I was getting free drinks as they were walking by, man. They were handing you drinks, man. Yeah, it's the one thing I got to do a lot. Not drinks, just bottle. Yeah. People have bottles of stuff and they'll just pass it around. I don't think I'll do that now. I guess the... The whole COVID scare. (laughs) 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 Deal with a mask. Um... (laughs) If the case is going to be true where there is going to be allowed alcohol in Qatar, we can already eliminate one player from, from getting called up from the selection, and that's Guli Peña. Oh, man, I saw that. That clip is <laughs> oh, pretty low, sad. Low. Come on. <laughs> Another I, video? <laughs> yeah, it, this one's sad at this point. It's, it's no longer funny. Because yeah, no. we were talking about one where he, some girl is like, like, like filming him and saying like, say hi or something. To her, her dad, and, right? And, yeah. She was going like, to send like a, like a video to her dad about how he met, she met Guli. And then he just he just says, I don't know. He was just like pissed drunk. He just starts making out with her. <laughs> <laughs> this one, he's it's 
like a bar and it's, it looks empty and he's just stumbling around. And it's yeah. like, damn. Is he still in uh, El Salvador? I don't know where he's at. Guatemala, isn't he? Get him to play Cascarita like that. Go on. I was like, he was play playing. for my team, I'll give you a six pack. Huh? He's, I thought he quit, but. No, he's playing for uh, Antigua. Where is that? In... Guatemala, I think. That's in Guatemala. Yeah, they, yeah, they sold him. I was wondering why they would sell him, but that's probably why. He was at FAS. And then he went to uh, Antigua. Yeah, and he won a league title with with the team. Did he? Yeah, yeah, he won. That's that's one of their bigger teams. I'll drink to that. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> no, it it really is sad. Like I saw that video, like floating around. I'm like, damn. At this point, it's not funny. It's like get some help. And wasn't it like after he went to like Scotland, like Cruz Azul was trying to get him in to return, and they're like, we'll only take you in if you. You like go to AA meetings, and he said no. He disappeared. I I think he he was supposed to like show up at a training camp, and then they couldn't find him, and like his wife didn't know where he was at. Damn, he's married. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, I don't know now. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't find this guy, and then he just showed. They finally found him, but yeah, man, this dude has some demons. I don't know what happened. I think what yeah. ruined it for him was him leaving Leon because you remember that press conference. He was like crying, crying. like he didn't want to leave. Like yeah. He was being forced to leave. And then after that, he fell off. Once he went over he did field, win. Like, he, he, he was their top scorer. He was for one season. Yep. He scored like 11 goals. He was the Chivas top scorer. And I don't, was he with the team that won? Was he part of that squad? No. Oh, or no. He left, no. He left before. He was already gone. Yeah. What did they win the cup? I don't think Guli won anything with Chivas. No, no, Guli. I think uh, I think he went back to Leon, didn't he? At yeah, that he, point, yeah, he, he, went, that he went PK back to Leon. versus America, and then like really fell off after that. Okay, the dude's only thirty-two years old, too, man. So yeah, it is pretty oh. sad that it... he won a Supercopa with us in twenty sixteen. But yeah, I remember him winning something. He wasn't part of our championship run in twenty seventeen. We had no. Luck. We sent him back to uh, Leon. He was gone by then. Yeah, but. But yeah, he had like a good season, even though he was probably not even playing at full, at full capacity. This just shows his talent. He's very talented. Made it to the World Cup. Um, did he even play though? Uh, he was there though. Um, no. Didn't he um, play? Uh, was it what? What year did he go? Twenty. Twenty fourteen. <clears throat> he didn't. Didn't he play? I don't think he you played in the Cup. No, I don't think so. Or did they I cut him? I know it was part of like the the process of going in, and he probably cut final cut. Then if he didn't go, no, I he, thought he played. A, he went to the I World Cup. He played a few minutes. Yeah, he did go. Okay, he yeah, he played I, against I, I, Croatia. There you go. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Oh wow, he did. That's crazy. Yeah, he got some minutes. Ah. Uh... Speaking of bombazos, America ha- have signed Jurgen Dam. <laughs> this dude is lying when he was talking about he turned down a thirty-five million dollar contract. Ooh! And like, 
He said that. Julian. <laughs> he like said pesos? he turned on <laughs> yes, Bitcoin. Because this dude, he went from, they sent him to like, uh, like what, to the youth team to, there's no way some team was going to pay him that much. Are you talking about when he did his trials at United? No, no. Like he said that before he went to America, he turned down another offer. I think in MLS, and then it was he was going to get like thirty-five million. Bruh. There's no way in hell he was going to get thirty-five million from MLS. <laughs> I think he's talking pesos, bro. <laughs> no, he said dollars. Yeah. Unless uh, one of those teams in like Saudi Arabia was going to overpay for him, but because I really <laughs> no, no, he's at, no, he's at Atlanta. Oh, there you go. Well, uh, if, if, it, if it were Atlanta, then he's an idiot. Because 35 million pesos is uh, $1.7 million US. So I believe it. <laughs> no, dollars. He said dollars. I mean. No, he said dollars. I think he maybe so meant it like on the five year contract, but still, no way they were paying like nah, seven. No. I don't, I don't even think Carlitos Vela's making that. No. Vela's making what, five million a year? He was making like seven to nine, but I don't know how much now he's making with a new uh, contract. With a new contract, you know, he has There's only for one year. Oh, uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, Carlos Vela has uh, extended his contract to LAFC, like as if that was a tough decision for him to make. Um, but he did mention that there were some Mexican teams trying to court him. Uh, I will be the Monterrey team, Jaime. Don't, don't. I know your Chiva heart, <clears throat> those strings pull, but it's it would have been the Monterrey team. Well, and the only team they could afford him. He also said that even though he had offers from Liga Mekis, if he didn't stay LA, he would have gone to Europe as his priority. So he pretty much saw Liga Mekis a blow off. <laughs> <laughs> why would you, if you're Carlos Vela, why would you return to Mexico? Serious question. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, and I know that there's a large part of the the press that would just make a living off of him. Or, you like, know, he already tries to avoid any like Mexican press or, you know, like in L.A., like let alone going back to the country where that, you know, basically blacklisted him. Yeah, the reason that relationship is not healthy, it's just because of the press. So, yeah, that's the only it doesn't matter how much money a Mexican team will offer him. I just don't think he wants to deal with the press and then his family being involved and all that. He'd just rather be somewhere where he feels like he's more like respected and only criticized for sporting things and not to like the toxic level that the Mexican press can take it to. And was they say that because he was at a concert the night before a game or something like that? Uh, he went to like a yeah, he went to a concert. It was back when he was in um. <laughs> So see that, no? Yeah. Yeah, I went to go see like Justin Bieber or some shit like that. <laughs> but uh with Carlos Vela, he he is going to have some reinforcements with Gareth Bale and Cellini. It's uh quite an ensemble there over there in LA. I'm curious to see if he stayed a a DP. Hmm. He might because the Bell's not even top 10 played in the league. He's only getting like a million a year. That's right. He didn't take a designated player uh, contract. Yeah, I find that very strange. Is it, Do you think like it's just going to be through endorsements and stuff? 
Uh, well, I think the L.A. lifestyle definitely uh, called his name because everyone kept saying his hometown club, Cardiff, because uh, they share the same training grounds as the national team. But his home club ended 18th place in second division last season. So it's not like they have much to offer. So I think he saw L.A., good lifestyle. L.A.'s also in first place. And most importantly, he's just going to keep them fit enough to show up to the World Cup. I don't think he wants something super competitive where he could like risk injury or where he feels has he has to like put high numbers. I think well, it's just a win-win well, for both teams. I was under the impression that you go to the MLS because of the paycheck, not because of the lifestyle. I mean, I'm sure that's part oh, of it too. It's both. But... Yeah, he's a star. I mean, that LA lifestyle, that star can definitely bring him a lot of endorsement money or more followers, I don't know, down the road, can open other doors. Who knows? Well, the other thing is a, a stress-free lifestyle again, right? He, he's going to be able to walk the streets of, of L.A. without getting mobbed like he would, or, you know, you know, out in, in Spain or, or, or England or anything like that. Oh, for sure. I think Luis Suarez said that he was in San Francisco, and they're like, no one bothered him. They didn't even know who he was. <laughs> They're like, hey, that guy should probably get his teeth fixed. <laughs> uh, speaking of Luis Suarez, uh, he snubbed. Uh, who did he snub? Was he going to go to America? Supposedly. He ends up going to where? River? River Plate. Oh, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, that one surprised me. I don't know where they pulled money from, but... Good catch for them, man. Why River play? That's just so weird. I think I think it's for a lot of Uruguayos. I do think uh, like that club too. Um, so I think just just playing in Argentina and, and just knowing what it's he keeps having that like like being a idolo, you know, like the fan base over there can really if you do good, <laughs> only so, if you do good. I, like, I have a question. Like, you had America, who was, you know, rumored with maybe a Cavani, maybe a Luis Suarez, maybe uh, who was the other rumor? Uh, uh, Luke De Jong. You had all these rumors about these big names coming to America, and in the end, they got Cabecita Rodriguez, Nessa Araujo, and Jurgen Dam. Are they like, you know, they used to be the popular guy in high school and got all the ladies, and they're like, watch this. I'm going to go get me another one. And like years later, they're just like, they're, they're, you're not that guy anymore. You're, you're just the old fart. You're, you're, no one wants you anymore. <laughs> you're a husband. Trying to get the girls. Well, the Monterrey <laughs> team is, is younger, yeah. taller, and more handsome these days, the, right? The, so The two Monterrey teams. Yeah. The Monterrey twins. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, mean, I, I do think Televisa stopped putting that much money into America as they did at one point. I don't think they have as much. I wouldn't say have, but generate as much as they once did just because the whole, their big thing was television and that landscape has changed a lot, uh, especially with, uh, you know, social media and whatnot. So I don't think, and, and you know, they're a media conglomerate. So they were also radio. They were also... Um, like newspaper magazines and all of that because of the internet it's it's you know pretty obsolete 
people don't really buy magazines anymore. A lot of people don't listen to radio the way people used to listen back then. Um, you know, if you're going to read, they'll just do it online. So I think all of that has hurt hurt Televisa, you know. They don't, I don't think they make that type of coin they used to. And, and, and I do think that that's reflected in America where they, they don't, I remember at one point they owned like, they still had like 30, about 30 players. They still had about 30 players on payroll. And they just had them the majority on loan to different clubs. There's so many players they would buy. You know, it, um, somewhat related, it does feel like times are changing over there at Televisa. You know, um, like Univision is basically forcing all these guys into retirement, all the commentators like Perro and Bracamontes, and uh, there was another rumor saying that Pablo Ramirez is also going to get kicked to the curb. So, oh no, he's been kicked. He's gone. He got fired. Wow. He he. They, the big reason they say is that he didn't want to move to Mexico, so they said, "All right, well, you're gone." For twenty years, what? How long was he there? Like, yeah, he was there for a long time. He was there. Uh, hold on, let me think this through here a little bit. Ninety, uh, ninety-eight. Yeah. 96, something like that. Yeah, I think 98, was that the last? That was around the last time that you had Longo and uh, Cantor around that time they left to yeah. Telemundo. Yeah, that sounds which, right. I think Contacto Deportivo, I think that was their show. They got rid of that too. Yeah, they they went Fernando Fiore route with uh, the Senadoras and more like a, like it was less sports and it was more like entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it has to do with what you said, uh, how the landscape's changing. Uh, yeah. Paramount Land in America was in Mexico, and they were saying how they're going to show the Premier League games, uh, stream them through them. And the president of Paramount America was some Latin America was saying how streaming is just changing everything. And they asked him about the possibility of streaming Liga Mekis. He just said that it wasn't worthwhile, like, how the package is set up from, like, the TV rights. But he definitely yeah. said it was huge potential there. But he just said it, it's been in a decline for the past couple of years that Liga Mekis would need to do something in order to make themselves a wanted product. Well, um, you know, yeah, that's the problem with Mexico is they can't bundle their rights together and sell it collectively. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing there. And, you know, MLS just got a, an exclusive deal with Apple TV+. Plus, um, So that's going to be the home for the MLS in 2023. Uh, you won't be able to watch it anywhere else. And, I, <laughs> you know, I looked at that deal. I'm like, that's not as good as a, as they made it out to seem, you know, because a lot of people are not going to have access to that. You can't just go to a bar and, like, watch it or whatever. So it's going to be interesting because it will affect – Liga Mickey's somewhat because the League's Cup will also be exclusive on there. So any any matchups between like League MX and MLS, you're gonna have to use Apple TV Plus to watch it and pay a subscription for that. No. Yeah, it's definitely interesting because I, I watch everything like you know like random links that you find online. Like, I don't pay for all these subscription things. But I never did think about this perspective as, as the bar owner. Now you need, like, Paramount, Apple TV, 
and like who knows what uh, you know fubu tv like all these different streaming services just so you can provide like the games like let's say you're a soccer bar so it's just like getting to the point where it's like yeah it's a total nightmare I've been lucky that, you know, my, my Fubo subscription has covered most of what I needed to watch. Um, and I still rely heavily on, like, the uh, over-the-air free matches on Univision and Unimas because they do stream or they do broadcast a lot of those Champions League matches on there. And Telemundo as well. I get that one for free, like, with the, with the, with the antenna. Um, I can't, like, I, I'm assuming, like, with, with Univision missing out on, like, the, the World Cup rights... I think that's probably part of the decline, you know, part of the reasons why they just they don't have room for all these uh what do they call them? Commentators and Yeah, they do you know did they lose it for just one? Cause sometimes they'll they'll I I don't know if they could get the rights for multiple years. But if that's the case Yeah, you don't need you don't need the ten extra you know, play by play and color commentary and and senadora or whatever you have cheerleader in the background. <laughs> and isn't Telemundo like backed up by NBC? So like, well, yeah, yeah they're owned. It? I think they're owned by them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wouldn't can can Univision even like compete? I mean, is it like do they lose it, or is it like they were just never even in competition financially? Well, well I, I don't think they had the competition. It was like when the World Cup, it was like ABC, ESPN, and then like on the Spanish side, it'd be like Univision. Yeah, that was that's how. Yeah, Telemundo was small, so they I don't think they had that type of money. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure sure when like Telemundo and NBC like joined forces, but you know they have the Olympics now. They have the World Cup. Not joined forces, got bought out, Jaime. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, Telemundo has, doesn't have a say, man. They're just whatever NBC tells them. <laughs> what other uh, signings have caught your guys' attention over the offseason? Um, with Guadalajara, really not much to talk about. They got Alan Mosso, and, and that was basically it. Well, William Pineda, um, he was very close, it seems. At least the club was willing to send him to Chivas. But the player said, he said, no, he wants to. You know, he said he wants to try his luck, but I think, I think he's he's making a mistake here. I disagree. Well, World Cup year—that's why, because it's a World Cup year. He could make it, at least at least a mistake as far as like if you want to be in the World Cup squad, uh, you're better off playing here than staying in a club where the coach already said he doesn't even want you. Well, that's the reason I disagree because I feel like even if he did come back from Mexico and he had like he did decent, average, above average, he wouldn't be a starter worth Tata and who knows if he would even get minutes. So I feel like he doesn't want to live with the regret of what if because even if he stays at Celta and he stays on the bench all season, a Liga Mekis team will want him next season. So, you know, Liga Mekis at the end of the day is a safe choice, even MLS. An MLS team will pick him up too, so I I respect him for staying there. And also, I don't think he's missing out on much in regards to the World Cup because I don't think he's that kind of guy in Tata's eyes. I feel like there's a lot of you know as long as Hector Herrera keeps doing well uh, in MLS, uh, he'll have that spot. Guardado will too. Uh, who's Alvarez Guti? 
I feel like uh, Orbelin would be like fifth, sixth choice. Well, here's the situation because this is what happened. Celta picked him up on a free transfer. They didn't have to pay any transfer fees to, to get him. The coach didn't want him, and, and they said that. Like, I didn't even ask for this guy. And they were basically looking to get a quick buck. They were looking to flip him and sell him and get some money. So, like, Celta, they don't want him, <laughs> and they're trying to get rid of him. And unfortunately, you know, the demand is only in Mexico, where, you know, Orbelin came from. He's like, I'm not trying to go there. So it's like, it's just a messed up situation because the, the club doesn't want him. He's not going to get played uh, in Spain. And it's like, they don't want to loan him because they, they want the money, like, instantly so they can sign other players. And it's just like, at the end of the day, it's just like a lose-lose situation for everybody. And if you have a team like Chivas willing to, like, bring you in and, and give you an extended run just in time for the World Cup, I think it's a mistake for him to just basically rot on the bench. Yeah, and the thing is, like if you, I agree with you, uh, Pastor, uh, every, uh, all the points you made. Uh, I still think there's benefit, though, of going to the World Cup, uh, even if he didn't get minutes, because chances are Tata won't, won't stay. And then for the next cycle, he's already sort of like in that. He's already in the picture. Even though I still think next cycle he still will be. But I think uh, you, they do get some benefits from 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 going to the World Cup. You know, you, you, they make some extra coin. I, I don't think Celta's paying him what he was making at Cruz Azul. He didn't go to Russia, did he? Orbelin? Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, so, I mean, this would be his prime year to go. And you know what? He might end up still getting called up. Yeah, he might, especially with his being 26 now. But, I mean, I think the main thing with him is just Kudet, the coach. It seems like if Selva has, like, a no-so-great no, not so great start, that uh, he might actually uh, wind up leaving. Uh, and speaking of Celta, the one that surprised me was uh, Nestor Araujo uh, joining America, especially after that interview of him saying he's a Chivas fan, his whole family's a Chivas fan. His dad <laughs> said he would die happy if he got to see him in a Chivas jersey. So I'm like, how the f- how do you wind up at America? Money. Ooh. I don't know. I mean, you tell me there weren't other Liga Mekis teams that could offer him more money. Probably not if he went there, you know. And uh, yeah, he he probably got paid less to be over there in in uh, in Celta, right? Came back oh, yeah, and they, they, they do a lot of those teams are just really quick. Colasso here, I don't mean to cut you out. So okay. we'll be we'll be surprised because we think go oh, Europe uh, and that it's you kind of have it made, but a lot of these teams will pay you less money. It could be in a lot of these teams mid table. Going right to the bottom, you're not you're not getting that good paycheck, man. Yeah, and I think that's probably it, right? Chivas probably couldn't pay the salary that he was looking for in Mexico, and then America. Well, there was a know, there was a transfer fee involved as well, right? Yeah. There's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the case, you know, it's obvious that Chivas don't really have money to spend 
They're looking for freebies, loanies, whatever the case may be. Um, I do. Wait, find... you're, you're saying? Wait, Kaimer, are you saying that that what the Pachuca guy said about Chivas was correct? Oh, 100 percent, man. They were trying to do some Indian tra- <laughs> Indian trading to get Pocho. They were going to try and you know trade some players or let them keep some players. I don't know. All I know is like. Yeah, Chivas ain't got the money to just straight up like buy some player for like ten million dollars. No, maybe we have to that. Maybe with a few more Oxo commercials, they can probably get a few, a few shillings, right? Oxo commercials. Yeah, who would be doing them? Are you bring back Cardoso for him, man? <laughs> All oh, those speak- commercials. That- Speaking of uh, Chivas not having money, how would you guys feel about a uh, Joao Malek? Uh, who went from Coras to Tepatlitan. And with Coras, he had like 13 goals in 27 games. He just played one game with Tepat, one, you know, one goal, one game. If he were to have like a significantly well season, and he's Mexican, 23 years, Europe experience, how would you feel about Chivas getting him since he would be like low cost based on his past? Man, that's, driving accident. that's a really great observation, man. I had forgotten about that dude. <laughs> and I remember when, because he had gone to court because they, he was going to get significant jail time. He he was one of Santos' top prospects, and he got hammered one night. And he was driving a re- car really fast, and he hit this couple that had just gotten married. I think they were they were on their way to pick up a marriage license or something like that. And he killed them both. Um, and so he, he went to jail for a time. And and so he's part of Grupo Orlegi. I don't know if they still what, own him. Uh, what division is that team? No, in? Sevilla bought... Uh, they had bought him? Before. Oh, he was... He was on I vacation in Mexico part. from Sevilla. He was, yeah. That yeah. I remember. He was, he was more than a Santos prospect. He was like... They already like on big European radar. I mean, so, yeah. uh, getting bought from Sevilla by Porto, it's a pretty big deal. But he's, uh, uh, half Cameroonian, he's in right? right now. Yeah, his dad. I think his dad played in Mexico, and he was from Cameroon. Okay, I was trying to remember if I could remember who his dad was, but yeah, I know. I know he's in Spansion, and I think enough time has passed where fans will probably forget that because. Um, you know, it's just very tragic. And we talked about this a while back. Jaime had reported how he was going to be playing in, in in the lower leagues. And our thing was, you know, mentally, is he going to recover? Because killing, killing someone is, it could mess with you, you know? I'm pointing out the obvious here, but, but sometimes we don't, we don't take it for granted, but you know, just just doing that could could really mess with someone. Um, but you know, looking like I remember Ramon Ramirez was in an accident with his truck, and he took out a whole family, man. And he, he still he still played for like a couple of years. Um, he didn't he didn't play the same though. I, I do think they should look into him, man. I I agree. We'll see what happens. Yeah, let's see what kind of season he has. But if he has a similar season to what he had with Coras, he's definitely going back to Liga Mekis first division. With who? Who knows? 
Yeah, they're gonna have to do some type of campaign to like, you know, or or hope for the best. Where it's like that's the first thing a lot of the the media is gonna start reporting on. They're gonna start like, you know, remembering that tragic event. And so they're gonna have to like do some publicity there to like, you know, he he should be helping orphans and old ladies cross the street. He needs to be doing all that type of stuff right now. You know, it sounds funny, but you kind of have to show you turn the leaf, man. You, you're going to have to start making up for all for that, you know. Uh, and so, yeah, man, he's traveled to third world countries, help deliver babies. He, he needs to work on his, on that image for if he does come back, they won't they won't use it against him for, for so long. Trying to find that striker that she was bought from the second division because he was scoring a lot of goals. And then, when was this? Uh, the bigger guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then he uh, ended man. up. Uh, he he ended up playing like a few minutes in the season, but you know nothing came of it. Uh, Paulo Riziar. Yeah. No, you think about Luis Marquez? No. No, Paulo. Riziar, he's like oh, most recent. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, yeah, I heard good things about him. I mean, they've shown that they're willing to give someone a chance, you know. So if he is scoring goals, who knows? Maybe Joao could play for Chivas. But what do you think? Like Santos would have first dib- dibs at that. If he's still tied to Grupo Legi, yes. Um, maybe like old school Pacto de Caballeros, yeah, but it seems like Santos wasn't really there for him throughout this whole situation. I so thought they might... were because the, the team he went to was owned by Grupo Orlegi. The, the team he started, Malek, when he's, when he's, you know, Sevilla drops him. And then the first team he started playing for in the lower divisions, I believe it was owned by them. No, the first time he started playing for was the prison team. <laughs> probably, probably owned by them too. No, he um, went to Deportivo Cafe Jalisco. Uh, I don't know who they're owned by, but I'd be surprised if it was done. Martin Cast- Castaneda owned that team. I don't know who that is. Um, Codazo, man. I don't. Their division you, team. You, you will know the the manager of the team, though. Who's that? Omar Esparza, man. Oh, man. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Oof. That's right, man. He's Wait, 23. so... Uh, then he went to Guadalajara de Peak, but they don't have an association with Chivas anymore, do they? No, that was the team owned by... Um, José Luis Higuera and, and uh, Angelica. Oh. Yeah, they were finally money, man. Uh, I must have looked at the wrong thing because I thought uh, I thought Malek had gone to a team that was owned by, but I guess not. I, I, I guess it was just like rumored that he was going to go to that team. Uh, so the based on based on the it's on Wikipedia. So he. Well, I don't know how this works out, right? I think he's 
So it says he was Santos Laguna, and then he was loaned to Porto B, and then he was loaned to Sevilla B, and then he was on loan for, for Cafesa, right? And then next to Corres, there's no loan, so... Yeah, I don't know if they did a transfer there. Yeah, so Santos may not have uh, any ties to him whatsoever anymore. Yeah, Group Orlegi, guys, come on. It's not Santos. Apologies. It's it's Group Orlegi. Santos is at their mercy, man. It's it's whatever Group Orlegi wants. They would send him to Atlas if he's... Uh, I'm looking at transfer market. It looks like uh, it was a free transfer to Goras. So there was no money involved. But he was playing for... Yeah, he was basically back at Santos after he he got his contract canceled by Porto. And the coach for uh, the team he's on right now is Bruno Marioni. I thought I saw that. It's pretty cool. So we have Liga Mekis kicking off on Friday with uh, factoring in all the all the new signings and I guess the World Cup and how some squads have made additions, some squads haven't made any changes. Uh, who's who's looking to 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 be the king this season? Who's going to be the champion? Who's who's looking good? Who's the contender? I don't know about king or champion, but Pumas has definitely surprised me, especially with their last two signings. Hmm. Yeah, they. Got, Sorry, go ahead. I forgot the name of the guy that they signed, but he he's from Argentina, right? I forgot. Yeah, they got uh, Saviolo or something. He was literally on the Argentina national team, like, recently. Oh, wow. Like, starting 11. Uh, and they sniped him from Boca, I want to say. And then, Damn. Yeah, so, yeah, they literally was recently playing with Argentina, so it's just crazy how they got him. Uh, this dude turned out Boca in a World Cup year. <laughs> being in the being having been called up, it reminds me of this one player. Brazil had this one player called I forgot his last name. It was like S C H I D T, and he played like an amistoso or two with the national team of Brazil. And they sold him to some club in uh, to some club in Scotland, like one of their top teams bought him. And this dude was ass, man. The fans would call him <laughs> shit. <And laughs> they, would call, they would call him shit. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. It sounds kind of German type, but it's a Brazilian guy. And so I later found out that was something the selection of Brazil would do. Sometimes they would just call some randos, uh, sort of like as a favor to the promoter or something, and then use that to sell them. Like, so they, there was no intention of this guy being in a proceso. They would just they just get a call up to like a bolero, and that was just to have that in their, you know, in their CV. 
Yeah, I just looked him up. His name is Eduardo Salvio. He's currently plays for Boca Juniors. And uh, Pumas got him. He's also an Argentina national. Wait, but how old is he? Is he like 30? He's 31. 35. <laughs> All right. I knew there was a catch. And he, he probably has like some injury, some cross ligaments or something. He's a fall. He's one bad fall away from just missing the season. <laughs> he, he's on his way to try to collect the paycheck. He's just, he's on stitches, dude. They're just hoping they don't fall off. He went from Lanús to Atletico Madrid to Benfica uh, and then at Boca. This dude's walking away from Copa Libertadores to go to Liga Mekis. But, uh, no, and they also got Gustavo Del Prete, who's a really good player in Argentina. Yeah, that was, also. that was the other guy that they so saw. So they got two good Argentinans. I don't know if you saw the reporter that came out and said that uh, Liga Mekis is an amateur league, and the only reason these guys are leaving is for the money. Damn. I did see they're kind of, they're kind of like booty hurt that these two guys left Liga Mekis. Well, the guys wanted to eat, man, and they weren't paying them, so, yeah. But I thought I did see a headline of that. I didn't even click on it. It's, uh, you, it's not the first time you hear Argentines running their mouth about that stuff. Uh, America, uh, not America, Atlas also signed uh, a player... Uh, Mauro Manotas. Manotas, I wait. <laughs> yeah, they had a very clever um, sort of uh, announcement. I don't think that's the guy. There's another guy that they signed. I think from Peru, oh, right? Edison Flores. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's known to be a baller, too. Yeah, he was... Uh, where was he He was before? with... Uh, he was with DC United. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, from what I'm hearing, uh, Pastor, you said you're liking Pumas for this campaign? Uh, not liking them. I was just surprised because, you know, they're known as, like, not having money. As, and that's why, you know, they got, like, Chino Huerta, and they gave us Mozo. <laughs> so I thought, like, we, like, robbed them for that. And then they go and get two really good signings from Argentina. Uh, so it completely surprised me. So I'm like, where did this money come from? And well, how come Chivas can't get any of it? That's a good question. <laughs> well, I, I think uh, they're not known for money, but if you see who's on the board of the Puma. A lot of these dudes are tied to some pretty big companies. Uh, I just I don't know how their finances work, though. Ricardo in the YouTube chat, of course, saying that La Catorce is coming and that everybody is shaking. I don't know about shaking, but I do think Cabecita is a, is a really good player, man. Um, I was surprised when he left. He didn't have a good, good season in uh, Qatar, wherever he went, but I, I think he'll be back at home in Liga MX, and I, I do think he can 
you know, he can continue being a headache man. This guy was, he's very prolific. I don't know, man. I feel like uh, ex Cruz Azul players that go to America, as far as strikers go, they didn't really pan out. You had Loco Abreu, you had Chaka, uh, Chaka um, Jimenez. Um, might be one more or two that I've left out, but I wouldn't say that their time at America was anything memorable. But I think Abesita being back in his element, it's definitely a plus for 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 America. I still don't see America winning anything this season, though. Neither do I, especially if he's depending on Julian Dom to send him crosses. <laughs> no, no, I'm certainly shaking of laughter, man. That that uh, America's going to win that that next one. But didn't didn't he comp- didn't uh, Cabecita completely bomb in uh, where did he go? Saudi Arabia or? Yeah, but I, I heard they wouldn't even play him a striker. That they'll have him like a contención and whatnot. Who knows? But but I mean, just just going sometimes that that whole lifestyle change. He had eight I, appearances, one goal. So yeah, not the best for Saudi Arabia. I don't know why do players go there. Is it just like they get a lot of money? A lot of money. money. A lot of money. It's quick cash, man. Did, didn't the Borg go over there? Uh, we've I think had a few. he did. Just played like I know Hector Moreno went out there. I'm pretty sure Jared Borghetti was out there. Yeah, he did. Well, who do you who do you think's taking this uh this season? I don't know. It's hard. The doble jornada, I, I, and I have to see without like knowing who's going to lose players, not just from Liga MX, but from other national teams, who's going to end up being affected the most. We could end up having a team that's not even, you know, could even have Chivas there, man, sneak in and, and get a win. Um, I, I think that all these double formats, man, it's, it's going to make it a bit unpredictable for me. Yeah, I'm kind of on that same fe- on that same uh, feel right now that it, it's it, the, for me, it's not a, there's no clear cut favorite. Um, you'll probably see the same group of, you know, the same cast of characters up at the top, fighting for for the for the title, and I, I personally don't have a a favorite. Nothing I can think of, man. Maybe. Yeah, don't- so Luca left. Uh, they left Nacho, and they, they brought him some players. I think he has that kid that was at Querétaro that he was being promoted for a while, and then he just kind of fell off the radar. He's supposed to be pretty good. Oh, what is his name? Uh, yeah, <laughs> he, was, he went to Cholos, and then. Yeah, see, I, I like that no, I didn't but, say his name, and you guys know what I'm talking about. I know. He didn't fall off the radar, though. One thing that's surprising, if you look at his precision, and then, like, Mexican plays under 25, he's, like, literally, like, number one or two in all categories. 
whether it's like yeah. passes, passes completed, oh. passes in the final third. Well, like, I, he's I, like, oh, Marcel Ruiz? He's killing it. Yes, Marcel that's, Ruiz, it. Yes. that's it. Really good. Yeah, he's actually <laughs> killing it numbers. But, but I, I, don't mean, I don't mean playing wise fell off the radar. I mean, as far as like the media hyping him up because he was getting massive hype for a while. And then he was tied to Chivas, and I think he said he he would rather play in America, or I don't know what happened, mm. but but that never happened. And then it's like I do remember when he got linked to Chivas, there was like all this talk about him, and then all of a sudden it just like you didn't hear about him, and pushing all those numbers you're talking about, he should be on the spotlight, but for some reason you you don't really hear much about him. So I'm I'm just glad he's with Nacho. I I think I'm glad Toluca, you know, held on to to Nacho and letting him build build a squad. And uh I I think he's got a few players that he managed to get. Uh I don't have the list though, so but I I think uh if that works out, man, you know, I think he could be one of the players. There, uh, Ricardo, I think he could be, um, you know, one of those players that we were talking about that could kind of force their way into the Selección where, where it's like just playing so good, you can't ignore this guy. Oh, yeah. Toluca's back. I mean, Toluca got Volpi, Mosquera from León, Meneses from León, uh, Fernando Navarro from Pachuca, Marcel Luis, Carlos Gonzalez, a striker from Tigres. Brian, uh, I mean, they're stacked. I mean, as far as like recruits for this tournament, yeah. And Nacho, he's a good coach. I know he's gotten flack, but his thing at Leon was really good. Uh, and I think if he, uh, I, I do think he could, he could do definitely better than he did last season. Yeah, he's now getting the chance to pick and choose who he's bringing in in this this go around. I I don't. I don't remember. Did he get? I don't think he got very many refuerzos last tournament, right? When he came in. Kenny, <laughs> he went. He went full Charlie Brown, like adult <laughs> on us. <laughs> Bro, you're too close to the mic. You're too close to the mic. Okay, hold on. Can you hear me now? That was eating that mic. <laughs> no, it fell. I'm, lay- I'm laying down and it fell. Can you guys hear me now? I am being safe. Yeah, 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 is it still like that? No, no, it's better now. <laughs> what were you saying before? <laughs> no, I was just agreeing with you. I don't think he he got he got a chance to build the squad when he arrived. Yeah, he he had to go with what was there, and and he just it was it was a team that was sort of like in disarray a bit. Yeah, I honestly think teams like Cruz Azul, America will probably get dismantled for the World Cup. Um, Monterrey as well. Uh, I would eliminate all those teams from from actually winning a title, going on a deep run. They might have a good start to the season, though. 
Um, I wouldn't sleep on Pachuca. You know, they were uh, the second best team. Um, you know, they lost to, to Atlas in the final, but they were the best team overall in the regular season. That's right. And I hate to say, you know, we, we always talk about them, but Tigres, um, I think they could, they could go on a deep run. Would they be losing players though? Like they have, they have players from other, other teams. Cause like Tigres doesn't really feel too many like national team players, do they? Not anymore. I know they had a few. You know, they had the Chileno, um, Vargas, I think his name. Yeah, he's not there anymore. I don't think is he is. Is Quinones with the, with the Ecuadorian? I have no idea. Yeah, Fadlas loses Quinones. That's, that's, a, that's a good chunk of their chances there. Um. <laughs> I think I think for sure a dark horse will be Pumas. You know, everyone kind of like jokes around with them, but um, you know, Pastor brings up some good some good points as far as like who they went in and, and signed. Um, and plus, now they have uh, Chino Huerta, man. You know, the the Mexican Salah. <laughs> He's been talking a lot of smack this preseason. Let's see if he can live it up. Oh, that's right. I can tell. I can give you the answer, El Pastor. No. Well, I'm interested if Chivas can live it up because, I mean, it is a World Cup season, so we're having all the Mexican players trying to get that last-minute train ride. I mean, Vegas and Macias, depends which one you get. If you get the ones that are in form, that, that's good right there. Uh, same thing with Beltran. Uh, then on the de laterales, uh, Mosso and Chicote. Like, that's, like, already, like, five strong core players. And plus, you add like a two other three in there. Not saying going to win the title, but they can definitely be top six without a problem. Sorry, uh, Ricardo, I didn't see your request. Again, they changed the interface over here on Twitter Spaces now. But uh, if you can turn your mic on, we'd like to hear your predictions on who's going to lift some silverware this season. Isn't it obvious? Fourteen's coming home. <laughs> cabecita is gonna pen El Cabecita is gonna pre- penetrate all the Liga MX defenses this year. And I I I was listening to you guys and there's a lot of misinformation out there. He was playing in Arabia, obviously for the cash, right? And they were playing him out of position. They had him as a fullback. No way. And yeah, they, they sure did. And the if you look at that squad, the starting striker is that big African guy that played for Porto. And that guy's a beast. So I, I didn't see any way he was going to start for them. But I wanted to Real quick, I wanted to call out Joel for a while. Oh, I'm pointing. <laughs> Lately, I've agreed. I've always agreed with Joel and with a lot of things. Yeah. I, I'm like, like you guys always say, I'm the number one fan. Thanks to the algorithm, I found out about you guys. But Joel, you you said something back in the day that that recently has been disproven. Oh. 
about you and Yon and I don't know who else used to say, oh, uh, the, the Mexican teams will go to the Libertadores and Sudamericana, and you would say, oh, oh, they it doesn't matter. Uh, Mexican teams and players will make excuses about how all oh, their their referees are against us and all this and this and that, right? That did happen a few times. No, but back then, but you guys would say, "Oh, that's that." Like, like Conor Ball doesn't care if the if uh if a Concacaf team wins, right? No, what do you mean? Conor Ball didn't want. They they just didn't. They they used to put stuff in place to make it more difficult. Like for example, I believe it was Santos that was gonna play a game, and they said they needed to have the night lights. Or else they couldn't host it. And I, then the think, next, I do remember that. Yeah. And then the, the next season, a team from Venezuela in some shackle made out of wood stadium with no lights was allowed to change their t- time because they didn't have lights. Santos had to install theirs. Uh, they they would do. They had a they had like a a rule that if a Mexican team made the final, that they couldn't play the. The the the, the, the last game, yeah, it wouldn't be. They couldn't host the last game. They had to play it first, um, and so they had little. They changed that around the time when um, it was uh, the Spanish Bank. What's the name of it? Um, Scotia Bank. Was it Scotia? They were or Santander. No, it, Santander. Santander. Yes, yeah. they were the sponsors, and that was around the time that Chivas got booted for. Uh, the Chilenos were making a big deal. So is the Chilenos, man. Uh, the, the Fiebre <laughs> Porcina. You guys remember Fiebre so Porcina? Yeah. yeah. And they and then Colmer Ball kicked out, you know, they kicked out Chivas. And so then uh, Liga MX said, you know what? We're out. And Santander sort of smacked Colmer Ball across the head and was like, big reason we came in was because of, of Liga MX. And that's when they... They gave, I think they gave Mexico more. They gave them like another spot and they, they let Chivas come in in the finals. And then they, they changed a couple of rules to accommodate. But there was a few like instances where it did seem like the carts were stacked against the Mexican teams. Well, uh, well I must have misunderstood. Forget what I, what I was going to say then. <laughs> No, well, I, I, my point is I was getting to recently. If you guys uh, follow on Twitter, there's a great page called, called Liga MX Sudamérica. Oh, yeah, that's a good, that's a pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah post that, the highlights, yeah. right? Yeah, that guy posts some great content of when, like, they, yeah, about foreign players and about when Liga MX teams were playing, like, those tournaments, right? And he recently uploaded one where there's this RG player that played with... Cruz Azul in that in that uh, 2001 final. Morales? Well, I don't know exactly. I'm I, I'm not a much of a Cruz Azul fan. Yeah. But the, this guy uploaded an interview where this guy basically admitted that he didn't try as hard against Rosario Central, like in the semis, and he was practically like hiding in the bench because he that was like his childhood uh, team or whatever, right? So yeah. 
and he was saying, "Oh, I just pretty much went to Mexico for the money, and I didn't want I didn't want to play against my hometown team, so I didn't really like try that hard." So it goes to show you, like these guys, they just come to Mexico. It's obvious they came for the they come for the money, but although I am a Chivas hater, I do. There's an extranjero thing should like. It should be a limit to these guys because these guys just come to Mexico and they don't do anything. I think so. Well, and so, they're fakers. Some do, some, some, but, you know, I, I got to say something. Like, if this guy still lives in that area, he sort of has to say that. Yeah, Sometimes I, I understand crazy. that, they're, too. Yeah. They'll show up to his house and they'll, they'll try to burn it, uh, which has happened to some of these others. So, it's yeah, I, I do think their fans go overboard. And I do think he looked really bad saying that. Uh, very you know, like that's a bad look, history. bro. You can't deny that. That's a bad look. It is. It is. But we've seen like all these players that they came to Mex, and a lot of them stayed in Mexico, and a lot of them like 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 uh, Almeida when he would go on the on the talk shows in Argentina, he would defend. He he even said Mexico feeds you guys. Like what are you talking shit? Yeah, he, he said, les ha de comer. So you do have the ones that defend. And there are some that, that just are but like I, that. Where... But I think the majority, yeah, there's that small few percentage that do come, like you, like you mentioned, like the campeón de Copas Chocolate, Almeida, Russo, <laughs> Matias Russo, and, all the, and Chaco Jimenez, like he's great players, right? But I have to admit, after hearing that, like, I always had that on the back of my mind. Like, these guys, like, you can't trust them, even when they do come to Mexico. After getting that, like, affirmation from them, you know? Like, they're not going to try as hard. They're not going to feel the shirt. And I know that's cliche and, like, like uh, romanticismo, like they say. But I think, like, that's a really bad look, in my opinion. Who am I to say, but I don't that, that left like a bad taste in my mouth. I do, I do think you do see it with some, like Roque Santa Cruz when he yeah. Cruz Azul and he just, I don't even know why they brought him. It, it seems they didn't even check his medical chart. He must have played. I don't think he even played a full game. Um, and yeah, we've seen some players like that that just kind of half-ass it. But I, I do think in the most part, especially back then, when there was less extranjeros, I do think a lot of them would end up like having really good, you know, do, doing really good careers. Uh, Camoranesi, big one right there. We did a Cruz Azul, right? Um, Clever. Clever, the Brazilian? Clever boys? Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm the, 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 the America legend. America guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, Reynaldo Navia. Well, but like I was saying, I, I I misunderstood then. Well, forget I was calling you out. <laughs> but another point that one, Chivas has egg on his face for like the fourth month in a row, man. They were begging Orbelin, and this guy doesn't want you guys. He wants to go to. He'd rather sit on the bench and rot <laughs> than to play with you guys. And it's embarrassing. 
Whoever whoever did their contact management, man, or their the whoever's the 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 guy involved with the with our Twitter account is a fucking joke, man. Oh yeah, but they're saying that that was like a. They they did that so the fan they would put they would have yeah. the fans put pressure on Orbelin not so much them so it's kind of like uh they're like oh I'm I'm you see he didn't want to come so that type of situation but that's a bad luck it is it is but I at the same time I feel Chivas is like back desperate. into that corner no they are desperate but also like as far as with the fans because I don't think a lot of the fans understand. How difficult it's become for Chivas to get players, and and so they're always ragging on on the owner and whatnot, and it's like, it's this isn't the old times, dude, where just the name, just the stripes alone would bring you. Now it's it's different, and and you have a Marcel Luis. If it's true, the rumors are true. Even that guy turned down Chivas, you know. Uh, so it's it's, uh, and I've heard of of like. Even youth that left, um, Cesar, what was it? What? Um, no, no, Sal- Carlos Salcedo. He left. He was with the youth, and he left. He left them. So I mean, it's not like before, man. Where you, you know, it's, it's Chivas was the big name, and you just wanted to play there because that was that was a big thing. Their their system is obviously flawed. Modern football, like. Yeah, you guys can say that, oh, it's all Mexican. But the, there's only three examples, right? Like the like Ecuadorian teams and that's that Bilbao. But if you notice, none of those teams are successful. Like the modern football, like you guys hate to hear it, but there's no team out there without extranjeros. No, I don't, I don't think that's the solution. I think the simple solution is having an owner that's willing to spend. Because, I mean, if you look at it from a cultural perspective, look at Selección Juegos Moleros. They know they play a weak opponent, but they love La Selección so much, like, they fill those games up. So you have an owner that does that with Chivas, where he's willing to spend the money, and, like, you know, he brings in, like, Moreno, where he was closer to his prime. Like, veteran players that are, in like, in a good form. They're national team players. You make it an attractive product where you might not win every tournament, but you're definitely always competing in the top four. Akron stays packed. You get a lot of sponsorship deals. You can even take the team to uh, the U.S. And those friendlies, like, you can't sell them out against top teams because you have a lot of national team players on there. But at the end of the day, what the current ownership's trying to do is they're trying to save money instead of seeing that as a potential investment. But there's no now. If you're saying that the Mexican players is not the answer, then what is the Mexican team doing as well? It goes back to your original point. If Mexican players cannot compete in their own league, how can we expect them to compete in the World Cup? So in that case, let's reduce the amount of foreigners and make sure that the foreigners are coming in are quality uh, foreigners that raise the level of the league and not just random guys taking up space. But you can't expect like good selection. And bad Chivas. I I don't agree with that statement because well, you, regardless guys, of that, your guys' is golden year. It's not that it doesn't work. Right? It's just the owner. The owner's not willing to put in the money to make it work as well, or doesn't have the money. So the main problem is just 
the current ownership that's been running that family has been making more money off it to fund their other business instead of having money set specifically for Chivas and treating it as one of the most popular clubs in the country that requires a huge amount of money to be put into it every year. But going back to that point about the selection, like I was saying, well, uh, if when the Chivas Golden Years, when that campeonísimo de chocolate, why didn't if that was the case? Why didn't that team win the World Cup if you guys won eight star with all Mexicans, right? Are Are you gonna tell me during those times, Liga Mekis as well was packed with quality world foreign players? It's oh, not that's all I, I mean, that's all I hear. But it's the same. But my point is trying to say, for example. Right now, that Nestor Arruajo, who supposedly was a Chivas fan and his family is went to America, Herrera mm-hmm. went to Houston. If Chivas had money where they could do things like that, where, you know, hey, Herrera, you got two years left in your career. Come over here, Nestor, you're done with Europe. Come over here to Chivas. We got the money to do that. You're building a strong competitive squad. You're going to sell out the stadium. The team's going to compete. And right now, during the summertime, where you have all these European teams coming to the U.S., you're also going to sell those crowds out. So, I mean, it's a, the, the philosophy can work. And it can work because Mexican culture is so patriotic that if you have a heavily competitive Mexican club competing against all of these foreign clubs, it can definitely be a money cow, cash cow. But the owners aren't treating it like that. The owners are trying to get out of debt by saving money that they don't even have to save instead of just selling it and letting someone that wants to spend and invest handle the club. But I, I completely disagree that the philosophy that's only Mexican players doesn't work. The team's not doing bad because of the philosophy. The team is doing bad because there's no money in it. It's just lack of execution. Yeah. From the owner's part. Um, I don't also agree that like buying all these, uh, Big Macs would would change things at Guadalajara. Uh, we saw what happened with Oribe Peralta. You know that was our big signing, and he was just a waste of money. Come on, big signing. Come on, he was like near like <laughs> no, my but my guy Oribe. Combination like we were Cantera and like reinforcing spots that you need with like players. Yeah, could accomplish something. Yeah. I, I, no, my my guy, my guy Oribe got paid, so I'm okay. <laughs> well, I just think Ricardo said something about the World Cup. Why, why Mex didn't do better? But why no? It, why didn't they win it? Well, why didn't well, they win it? Well, in the in, in because, golden years, well, what would be the closest World Cup the 1970, right? I know, but but see, this is the thing, um, Mex. League didn't become professional until around the 50s, late 40s, early 50s. So before that, it was semi-pro at best. So, I mean, and then if you look at the World Cup, it was 16 teams. I mean, that's the top 10 teams plus six really strong ones. That was really hard. It was really difficult to win it back then. It was just, it was basically the best teams showing up. You know, it's not like now it's 32 and... You get a Molero teams now mm-hmm. that, that can go, but 16 is, you know, the more traditional powerhouses were, were going to be at the forefront. So, yeah, it was more difficult to compete 
against a lot of these teams that were had been professional and and also had more um more competition because Mex was in Concacaf and and there just wasn't much competition in the region. Uh, so we have to keep in in mind the travel too. It wasn't as easy back then, you know, to, to travel to other countries. So it was there's a lot of stuff that played into that, like just having that rose, having like like not being in a region where where there's teams that could push you. They're basically, you know, abandoned there. <laughs> They mix sort of even, they, they kind of created CONCACAF, you know, they, they were like uh, at, at the FIFA, um, FIFA sort of asked them to like get it, get get the ball rolling there. Um, so that, those are the things, but it, the Chivas thing, what, you know, the, the more important thing was that it, it made soccer popular in Mexico. So if it was like that came out of that Campionismo era was, it became popular in it became like a national sport as as uh as opposed to just one of the one of the sports in the country but america took it to the next level with the study the study of Azteca, bringing oh, that's, the that's televisa that, that's, that's televisa that's, that's, uh, <laughs> but the televisa did because Ke- i mean america, america didn't thing. build america the club didn't build the stadium you know they they didn't bring the work that was televisa that did that, and they're just a club tied to them, but but they did play an important role too. But Televisa did bring in two World Cups and and just building the stadium, and and then they just helped it become more professional with the television and whatnot. So yeah, it's it's, it's and giving all these teams role. money, right? With the, for the for the TV rights. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah, because before they didn't really get money. And get everyone money. keeps hating on America. I, I think they confuse, they, they confuse the two. Uh, they, they confuse the two sometimes. They don't know where to where one ends and the other begins. Uh, they. I I just happened like I I overheard you guys talking also about uh, those RGs being salty. That the like that guy they took from Boca. That guy's a dud. He's broken goods. <laughs> He's not gonna do anything. I uh, I was re- I was watching today the. Libertadores, most boring game I've ever seen in my life. That Boca game. And I also happened to see the my favorite Brazilian team, the Inter. I I know why it's your favorite. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say 2010 it was too such soon, a beautiful bro. year too for soon, me. Too soon, too <laughs> soon. <laughs> and they, oh, they played like crap. Well, it was my... <laughs> Has America even made a final in Libertadores? They made a final for Sudamericana, where we got robbed. I think they made, the same, they made the same final. They've never made No, a... they made the final against uh, 2007 against Arsenal, where they changed the the rules on us on half. See, uh... see, 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 you're agreeing with me again. Told you they were messing. <laughs> I remember uh, there was this team that disappeared now, Kaixao. I forgot some weird name where... The fans threw a wheelbarrow. They were fixing, <laughs> they, they were fixing the Azteca, and the America fans threw a threw the wheelbarrow in there. Well, it was a Brazilian team, right? Wait, when they got into a scrap? No, nah, the fans just—I don't know. Were, oh, were just, there was one where they know. got into like a fight, and like it was pretty scary. 
they, they were all like running towards like the locker room because they were like it was it, it broke out. But hey, uh, all I'm gonna all I'm gonna say is that Val Libertadores right now, if you put the top Mexican teams in it, I guarantee there'd be one or two in that semi in that in the well they're in the quarterfinals right now. They, I don't know, they bro. Should have won because we since Mexican teams started competing. Uh, Cienciano won it. Uh, some mm-hmm. team from Olympia, I think a Colombian team. Nothing against those teams, but Once I think Carlos. I would say they rank right. You know, the Mexican teams are just as strong as them. So I, I, I still we can't even we can't even win a Conca Champions League right now, bro. <laughs> no, no way. You, you take a look at these teams. I still remember when America went to Colombia, and they absolutely pwned. Porked and spanked that Medic uh, Atletico yeah, Nacional. That was like, like 10 it was years embarrassing. Ago, dog. Right now we and, got no, we got Seattle, a, who, who who's the current champions of of our region right now. Well, that's Pumas. They're pecho fríos. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, but I, I was watching the Sudamericana, and those teams. I'm not impressed, man. No, I, I do think a Mex team would have won it by now, especially uh, the Sudamericana. Yeah, with the with Pachuca won one of those tournaments, mm-hmm. uh, but I just I feel that some of the Mex teams sort of sabotaged themselves, where they were like, because because yeah, the calendar did affect, but it came to the point where it's like, let's just concentrate on Libertadores, and I think for them there wasn't that much money, so a lot of times you did see Mexican teams that would they would send like not full strength squads because when they did. We saw the type of games and the type of results they were getting, um, but then that started happening. Where it's like, I guess they weren't making that much money as as they would in Liguilla, and some teams would just half-ass it there. And and and, then, and Concacaf was holding us back. They did eventually. Yeah, that's a messed up part. And and, but, and my final point, I wanted that Gareth Bale. He's an MLS. He's he's coming to retire. <laughs> you look at that quote that someone quoted him recently and he said oh uh, i love la it's a great holiday spot like, i go there for holiday <laughs> i mean like, he's not well, lying and he and i love golfing man this guy's washed he didn't even play in the in the the last two years when he was at tottenham he didn't do crap and uh, he was yeah. right on the bench for madrid that's true that's true and, and there's a narrative out right now with all these Mexican, the Mexican media. They're like, oh, MLS is, well, all these European guys, they're not going to come to Mexico. Like, what? Are, they're dumb. Like, what are they thinking? They're obviously going to go to the MLS. And how many of these guys have they brought over already? Wayne Rooney, uh, the, the uh, Kaka. I forgot Rooney played in. <laughs> yeah, he didn't do anything. Yeah, the, the Chelsea Lampard. Oh, yeah, yeah, Pirlo, guy from Liverpool. Like they're Pirlo, bringing all these guys, and it's Thierry not making Henry, a dent. Rafa Marquez. Uh... Yeah, is not you know why it's not making a dent? Because their audience is the Mex audience, and they'll never have that. Um, never. Yeah, I don't know. Why oh, you... you know, really quick before we go off topic, they're thinking of doing a tournament leading into the 2026 World Cup. Maybe another another type of Copa America Centenario, that type of tournament between CONCACAF and CONMEBOL, since 
uh, Mex, US, and Canada will not be in World Cup qualifying. So there is talk that they might host a tournament. Well, that would be I think I think we see. I think we can all agree that that one was very successful, the one that they did here. Yeah, it was nice. I got to go and I, I want to go to another one. Make, make it happen, someone. I don't know. It didn't really have like Copa America vibes. I went to the semifinal, Chile versus Colombia, and honestly felt more like a friendly. Like even though I've been to that Copa America, I still feel like I haven't been to Copa America. Like I should well, go to what is South America. That's what you yeah, get I was, with I the was there uh... for Mexico, Chile, man. That was brutal. Oh, was, yeah. Uh... Just as long as we don't play Chile again. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, like, um, it was really cool to see all these, like, teams that I would normally not have access to here in the Bay Area. I, went, hey. I think I went to, like, a Uruguay Jamaica game, and it was, like, five bucks to get in. <laughs> it was Damn. just, like, so cheap because, like, nobody wanted to see that match. And, um, yeah, I think it was a success. I'm, I'm sure they generate a lot more money than they normally they would. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I could see that happening again. Across the board, attendance, everything. I, I still remember that dork, Alexi Lalas. He said the USA was going to be Argentina 3-0. <laughs> uh, he's a troll. He's, 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 likes a to yeah, he's like Alvaro Morales. That's his part of his show. One last thing that uh, I, I forgot to mention today. Uh, Rafa Marquez is back at Barcelona coaching the youth. Didn't he already do that? He um, did, but then they said, like, he was, in, he was coaching one other teams, and then I think... He was in line to take over the B team, and then I don't know what happened. Next thing you know, he's he's in some other team. But but I mean, look look at Marquez, man. He's he's over there coaching these little teams. I, I don't know if it's because he wants to be a coach, or if it's because he needs money. Remember, he had that they process assets a while back because he was tied to some narc narc enterprise. And and then let's just remember that he was at Atlas, and when Grupo Ligi came in, they unceremoniously. Oh uh, yeah, unceremoniously. I can't say it. Unceremoniously. Uh, yes, there you go. I'm <laughs> paisa, <laughs> man. Yeah, they just booted him, dude. Not even uh, going away, nothing. Just uh, you know, they don't they even gave mention him. One him. There. No, no, no. He was part of the. Um, part of the ownership wasn't he was he president he was yeah yeah, he was part of the directiva but he got booed like you're not gonna be here man and then this was the other thing that happened um yeah he the other thing was there was a tweet and they call him idolo de leon i don't know if that was his thing Oh, I saw that today. That's right. I mean, he won two titles with them, and he won none at Atlas. He won. He won that B Campeonato like that legendary Atlas team did. Yeah, I'm just confused because he was, you know, he got in his, he got his coaching license. He was coaching over there. Then he gets involved with Barca, and then. Didn't he like decide to take a job, like a journalism job in in Mexico? He was at TUDN, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. They're saying he was at Tele, yeah, TUDN. And then uh, he doesn't know what he wants, man. Oh, I think the money. I think there was, the money was probably more enticing. It's like when they're saying Shavi uh, hooked him up with that job because they're buds. Yeah, 
it's just like when Norma Palafox like put her career on pause to to join that TV show, um, because obviously like the money like they they weren't getting paid well. Uh, Liga MX Femini like they don't get paid. In fact, didn't like Querétaro like reach out to Gignac to like like fund them or something? Why does Querétaro even exist, man? I don't. Yeah, they're terrible. Absolutely terrible. But yeah, like the Feminine team had, hadn't gotten paid and they just decided to reach out to Zignac maybe to raise awareness or to start like a GoFundMe or something, but pretty pretty embarrassing to be honest. Um, But with that, we are almost at a two-hour mark, so I'm going to wrap things up for tonight. Do you guys have any closing thoughts for episode 340? Just my thought, I'm I'm just going into the season. Just I, I'm I'm just curious to see which players are gonna end up looking really good, and if any if any of them manage to get into the to the World Cup team. I think I'll close out with, uh, I, you know, even though it may have felt somewhat like a, a little bit of a friendly with the Centenario, I'd be all for having another one of those. I think. In particular, with Mexico not going through the qualifying stages, that would be a nice little little tournament for them to to participate in and get a chance to play some some teams that are also a little more difficult than the usual Concacaf teams. Yeah, with uh, Liga Mekis, uh, you know, players that might get a surprise and jump on the train last minute. I'm going to say there won't be any, but you never know. But the reason I, I want to say there won't be any is because Pocho Guzman came out today and said that Tata gave him a call that uh, higher-ups, they want him to call Pocho up. But the reason he won't call Pocho is because uh, he doesn't have any change in his rhythms and his transitions of the game. So I was like, so you're telling me that like Pizarro does? <laughs> mm. So I'm like, come on, man. Pocho's like killing it, and you're saying like, is on-field issues that that you don't like the style, you know, or think you think he's lacking things. It just make, gives me an idea he's pretty much set with his guys. So even if somebody like Macias does go out and kill it, well, actually, that's different because the striker role has been, like, missing. But, like, midfielders and defenders, I feel like he's already pretty set on his guys. The same culprits always ruin uh, holding Mexican players back. They're saying that Chivas got rid of Ocho because he had tattoos. Mm, that's interesting. Times have changed. But America's going to win it this year. Cabecitas. He'll struggle halfway through the season, but he'll he'll be the top goal scorer. And another, another punch to the gut to Chivas, we get another Mexican player that they can't afford in Nestor Araujo. So it's good to be an Americanista right now. Well, there you have it, folks. Kids, if you're listening, Ricardo is a good example of why you should always have a vivid <laughs> imagination. Never give up on your dreams. Uh, I think Joel has one more thing for us, Joel. <laughs> he wanted to, to make sure that was uh, <laughs> said loud and clear. Liga Mekis returns on Friday. We have Toluca Necaxa at 5 p.m. We're back, baby. Uh, and... 
We'll catch you guys on the next one. <laughs>